Blog Talk Radio. NASCAR driver Brad Keselowski, and you're listening to the Pit Stop Radio. Nation. I'm Tim Espain alongside my darling wife, Suzanne Espain. She's answering the phone lines tonight. Number to call in is 215-383-3681. Again, I'm Tim Espain. In the man cave here at the Pit Stop Radio Studio, about eight miles south of this 2.66-mile monster we call Talladega Super Speedway. To let everyone know, this is going to be our final broadcast until further notice uh, upon this COVID-19 deal that, that's that's going on. There's not that much going on. A lot of the race teams are 
they're not wanting to relinquish their drivers to Kyle some of the shows. I'm sure Sirius XM NASCAR, they're having the same issue, but we can talk about anything that you want to talk about tonight. But uh, uh, we got my good friend tonight coming on here shortly in about five minutes, Mr. Mike Smith, retired PR director there at uh, Martinsville Speedway. He's going to come on, and uh, I'm pretty sure he's got a lot to talk about. I, I want to hear some of his old stories about that racetrack there. And honestly, I think he is doing some PR work for South Boston Speedway, but we'll have to ask him that. Again, the number to call in is 215-383-3681. Y'all call in, and we'll talk about, especially this past weekend, uh, at virtual Homestead Miami Speedway. That was a pretty neat deal there with Denny Hamlin bringing home the checkers there. Pat, moving, I think I think he moved Dale Jr. coming off the floor there, but it was uh, that was really interesting, and that's a good thing that NASCAR is doing right now. They are still keeping their fans engaged in whatever type scenario that they can, where it be virtual or uh, live stuff, but... Uh, Maybe we'll get back to uh, racing pretty soon. But uh, with that being said, I got a note from uh, the War of Outlaws uh, Sprint Car Series today. They're gonna uh, they're gonna make history tomorrow night, Wednesday. I think the time is 9 p.m. Eastern time. They're gonna uh, they're gonna have uh, sprint cars going virtual with renowned field of drivers. Some of some from NASCAR and some from NHRA. That's gonna be a really big de- big deal there too. And I think they're following in NASCAR's footsteps also. And uh, we've had some other breaking news come out. Let me get over here and find where everything's at. But uh, like I said, I'm going to call Oh, Fox Sports. Uh, they're going to air the complete the NASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational Series forever how long it lasts before we go back to live racing in the top-tier th- top three-tier top three series there. It's going to be on Fox, Fox Sports 1, and some Fox Sports app. Beginning Sunday, they're going to, they're gonna uh, air the uh, virtual Texas Motor Speedway race there. But uh, and talking about Denny Hamlin one there, I want to go ahead and play a little bit of uh, Denny Hamlin's Denny Hamlin's uh, audio there uh, from his house. Actually, uh, Fox Sports and a lot of the media sites put out where it's showing Denny's rig there and his sim racing stuff, and he was actually racing barefoot. Let's listen to a little bit about. What Denny Hamlin say after he won the inaugural E NASCAR I Racing Series there at Miami Homestead Speedway. Thank you, and thank you all for joining us for the inaugural E NASCAR I Racing Pro Series Invitational Series race. We are joined now by Denny Hamlin, driver of the number eleven FedEx Toyota, and winner of the Dixie Vodka One Hundred and Fifty at the Virtual Homestead Miami Speedway. Denny, did you have a lot of fun out there today? It was. It was. It's always fun when you win, but regardless, I mean, it, it just uh, it, it was a great event. I mean, for for the community, the racing community, the NASCAR drivers to come together and put twenty some drivers on the racetrack was such short notice. You know, everyone's buying up uh, simulation rigs this week and last week, getting ready for the event, and uh, for it all to come together and have a great finish, it, uh, I think it was definitely a success. Well, thank you, and we appreciate your time today, and we'll now open it up to questions from the media. Thank you, Amanda, and thank you, Denny. Congratulations once again. To our phone audience, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star and one on your telephone keypad. A friendly reminder that if you're joining us today on a speakerphone, please return to your handset prior to pressing star and one to be sure that your signal does reach our equipment. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, that is star and one if you would like to ask a question. We'll hear first from Jenna Fryer at the Associated Press. Hey, Danny, congratulations on your big win. Um, my first you. question is, how, how much does your how much did you spend on your simulator? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, um, it was uh, I don't know, probably forty, probably in the forty range. Uh, but it has motion and everything in it, uh, which I, I don't use that often. But um, but it's you know it's definitely on the high end for sure. And you raced barefoot today, is that correct? Say again. Did you race barefoot today? Uh, you know, with shoes, I just, I can't, I can't do it. So I, I always go barefoot. Okay. And my last question is, you know, um, there's nothing to do. There's no sports. Um, this whole week on social media, you guys have done a good job of getting fans interested in this event and giving fans 
something to do today and a little bit of excitement. And I'm wondering just um, how much of that came into play for you and the other drivers in agreeing to do this and put this event on. Yeah, you know, the thing is that nobody got together and said, hey, let's all do this. I think everyone just started doing it. And then, you know, our racing got involved and, um, and you know, emailed everyone and said, hey, this is what we're thinking about. NASCAR got involved. Uh, television got involved and said they'd be interested. So I think it all just came together, but, but no one really talked to the drivers about unifying and, and participating. It was all free will. And that's what's exciting is to have, you know, in the, you know 25 plus full time cup guys out there uh, willing to spend their time uh, doing this. Great. Thank you, Denny. Thanks, Jenna. Next, we'll go to Sirius XM Radio in the line of Claire Lang. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Thank you. Denny, first, can you talk about, you know, NASCAR often doesn't get among sports sort of the kudos of people who know from the inside what it takes to do things, pull things off, you know, windstorms, rainstorms. What does this say about NASCAR? I think it was the second trending Twitter uh, hit today was this. And what does that mean, do you think? What do you think this means in all of it, uh, that NASCAR was able to pull something like this off? Um, I mean, it was it, it was big, and I think at, at one time it was number one trending. So it, uh, that, that's really, really big. And, um, you know, this is what – although NASCAR has its struggles at times for the regular fan to go out and, and simulate a game-winning shot or game-winning pass, like iRacing has given them that platform. And, and there's no other sport. Like NBA players can't go play NBA 2K and put it on TV and make it look like the real thing. You can't go play Madden and it make it look like the real thing. It there's so much animation, but but iRacing's platform, like we we really this is something that really can gain a lot of traction simply because it's as real as it gets. So um, you know this was just the first step and hopefully something that that builds uh, you know through for for years and years to come. I hope it trended. And let's put that iRacing interview there with Dina Hamlin on hold for a second. I've got my good friend. I hadn't seen him in a long time. hadn't talked to him. My good friend, retired PR director at Martinsville Speedway. He's doing a little bit of stuff, I think, at South Boston Speedway. Let's bring him into the pit stop with Tim, with Tim and Suzanne Despain. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. pretty good you know it's uh i don't give up my tuesday night bubble bath for everybody but i did for you guys tonight i really appreciate that and uh i really don't want to caption that mike if you don't mind me there but again thanks thanks for calling in like i said we hadn't talked to you in quite a while now but anyway hey. how's everything going up there well, it, it's it's raining now. It rained yesterday. It's going to rain tomorrow. But other than that, it's by golly, it's pretty awesome. Uh, uh, you know, we're going through every everything that everybody else is, but um, it's fine. You know, we're we're we've got food, we've got air to breathe, so we're okay. Amen, brother. And before I forget to tell you this, uh, before we get into talking a bunch of NASCAR stuff, Russell Brandon wanted me to tell you hello. And uh, give him a shout out one day, holler at him. He'd like to talk to you. Well, I can't even tell you what I'd like for you to tell Russell, but uh, he's a, he's a good friend. We go back, golly, back when he was just a pup working down at Darlington. So uh, yeah, I may call the old boy up sometime before long. See, he ain't doing anything. You know, there's nothing for him to do right now. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, he wanted me to tell you that. And uh, like I said, thank you. Uh, for everything that you've done for Suzanne and I back when we first started getting this media stuff. And uh, it's really blowed blow up this little show that we do for the man cave here just south of Talladega. But, uh, Mike, I want to talk a little bit, a little bit about uh, 
Bristol Motor Speedway. Uh, you're you're uh, you got your race lodging deal there. I want to let you give a plug out there, which I know we're not going to race at Bristol anytime soon until NASCAR gets this rescheduled deal going on. But let everybody know before I forget to let you know to throw it out there about your race lodging deal and how y'all can set race fans up, hotels and what have you there right outside of Bristol Motor Speedway. Well, it's actually my wife's business. That's how we wound up getting together 12, 13 years ago. She has a, she's been a travel agent for 40-plus 40, 40 years, and she has a uh, has a company called racelodging.com, and, and she does uh, lodging in private homes, and uh, uh, she does a lot of the condos right across the uh, track, uh, across the street from the racetrack. So, yeah, if anybody's interested in coming up this way, uh, uh, whenever we get back on the schedule, but especially in the fall, uh, check us out at racelodging.com. We also do parking right across the street from Speedway. So my bride's got a lot of a lot of cool stuff like that going on. Me, I'm just a, still an old PR flack out here writing press releases and talking to folks like you. <laughs> you do great. And uh, thank God she takes care of you, Mike. Mike, yeah, uh, yeah, with all yeah. this coronavirus, with all this coronavirus stuff going on, you know, Su- Suzanne and I, we uh. We left out, uh, oh, gosh, with the the Friday we were going to Atlanta Motor Speedway. And, uh, you know, we were told, us media got the email that we were still going to have access to the media center, but that was going to be either media center or press box there at, at, yeah. at AMS. So I got all the way to Heflin. I was listening to uh, Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. I was listening to Larry Mack and him, and Suzanne caught something that I didn't catch. You know, she said, uh, I don't think I think they just have a statement coming out that we're not going to race. That's no, 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 that ain't going to happen. They've already emailed us and said that we can come and promote the sport and everything. But I got there, Mike, and right, right, right there at the Georgia State Line. Went ahead and stopped and filled uh, filled Suzanne's vehicle up, and uh, she was inside getting some uh, drinks and chips and all that stuff where we could snack going over. And uh, I got the email. I pulled over to the side. I got the email. I said, Suzanne, you ain't going to believe this. I said, she said, what? I said. We ain't racing. They're not even gonna race for that. They're not even gonna race for that fan. So, uh, luckily, we got to call the hotel there at uh, Stockbridge, Stockbridge, Georgia. The lady was really, really nice. We got to cancel that. And, but from your perspective, Mike, and your years in the sport, you know, I've been around a long time. You know, like I told you, I used to work for Enix Daily back in the '80s here at Talladega Super Speedway. But I think from what I've gathered, a lot of social media posts and stuff. 9-11 was when we come to a halt. But have you ever seen anything like this? I mean, Mike, it's not only NASCAR. It's uh, college baseball, basketball, uh, uh, NHRA, so much stuff that are postponing. And are we going to have time to make this up? Well, you, you know, it's it's truly a, a national emergency. It, it's just not uh, uh, folks in our realm around racing or, or any one thing. It's it's life and, and – and, uh, uh, yeah, I've been on was on the ground in my years in NASCAR with a lot of things happening, but nothing like this. And it was all fluid and reactionary. I felt sorry for the folks in Atlanta, but they did what they had to do. And uh, uh, um, I'm not surprised that they they didn't have it without fans because we, you know, if you have a basketball game, you know, you got maybe with coaches and trainers, you got 30 people on the side. Well, heck, every race team has that many people, and and you know you're, you're talking with everything you have to have an infield. You're talking six, seven hundred people, so you couldn't have a crowd like that either. So none of that surprised me. Um, hopefully, hopefully things will be in, in a, a, a situation where we can get going back at Martinsville for their their first uh, uh, Cup night race there. I, I just hope we can do that, and I think we have enough room on the schedule to where we can move some things around if we can start, you know, back at Martinsville in, in May, uh, that I, I think we can get every race in. Uh, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be tough on the teams. But, you know, those guys and drivers are making big money. So uh, I, I think we can get it done. And, and we need to. We need it for our fans. Uh, uh, um, I, I know from having been around and lived it through the Great Recession in 2008, um uh, you know the fans didn't. Yeah, you know, they didn't have the money to come, and and then once they got a little bit of money, they were afraid to spend it. So 
you know, we're going to have to work hard to get those folks back to the racetrack because we were in a good spot until the, until all of this happened. I mean, the sport was rebounding, and it, it was in a great spot. So everybody in the sport is going to have to work hard to to keep to pick that momentum back up and 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 get us moving forward. Good. That's right, Mike. And with that being said, uh, I'm just speculating. You know, you know me as team of Spain here in Tonga. I'm going to speculate. The uh, do you think it's possible we might could see, like, you know, Russell said his race is canceled, or not canceled, postponed for late late April. And Talladega Super Speedway and Atlanta North Speedway, we're close, close distance, about an hour and a half, two hours from each other. Could you think we could possibly see Atlanta North Speedway and Talladega Super Speedway maybe doing uh, one or the other doing a midweek race, like some of our fans well, have yeah. been asking for on series? You know, let's take a look at what Pocono's doing this year. They're running both of their cup races the same weekend. So, you know, I, I think you're in a situation where uh, it would be easy to uh, 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 to to when you have tracks that are close together, like Atlanta and Talladega, that that maybe you could easily do a Wednesday and a Saturday night or a Sunday. Uh, um, you know, even though you draw off a lot of the same fans, you know, you, you're going to have to sacrifice some things like this to make it all happen. You may see some other double hitters this year uh, uh, where uh, uh, a race was lost in the spring and they doubled it up the second time by. I, I think, and, and that's going to be good for the sport. We're going to see some things and get to experiment with some things that we've wanted to experiment with, like you mentioned, the midweek races. So, uh, um, you know, there's some positives to take away from this. I've, I've always been a glass-half-full guy, and, I, and, and that's, that's what I'm seeing now, some things that, that we could do to, to, to reap from this and, and, and make our sport a little bit better going forward. Exactly, Mike. Speaking about half-glass-full, I've got – Half a glass of Chardonnay. I'm going to go get me some more here in a minute. <laughs> but anyway, Mike, uh, uh, talk a little bit about. Uh, I know you got time, and I appreciate you coming on and said you got all the time that that, got, yeah. that you want. Yeah, to and talk. let me but let me correct talk. one thing. You keep you keep calling me retired. I am not retired, brother. I you know I left Martinsville so I could come over here and live with my wife and and start my own PR business and. And I'm working, I'm carrying 42, 45 hours every week. So don't be calling me retired. Now, work when I want to. And if I want to go to Lake uh, Friday afternoon, I'm going to knock off and go. But not retired, brother. You're you're way more retired than I am. (laughs) That's right, brother. Well, I I hope Russell Branham is not listening, but I want to – I want to quote the text that he sent me because I asked him could he come on tonight, and he said he couldn't, you know, as far as the circumstances. But uh, he, Russell said, Mike Smith, that's the old guy that retired from Martinville. So, yeah, yeah, I next, remember next that. Time, next time you talk to him, remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember <laughs> that very clearly. <laughs> but, Mike, uh, let's talk a little bit about Mike Smith. Uh, how did Mike Smith get started in the sport? Uh, I know you were there. At, I mean, Martinsville Speedway, that's one of the most legendary tracks there. They give the grandfather clock. And uh, you guys, we only made it up there once. We're going to go back again. But we, uh, Suzanne and I made that trek up there. I think it was this. both been like a 10-hour drive. It ended up being 14 hours when we come up there. But uh, y'all treated us really well. I want to thank you very much. But talk a little bit about Mike Speedway and Martinsville Speedway. How did Mike get started in this sport? Well, I uh, uh, I took a job at the Martinsville Bulletin in 1977. Not long out of college, I've been out of college a couple of years. I had a journalism degree, and they hired me. And I told my boss, I said, "Look, I'll do anything you want me to do except cover a race. I think that is the most ridiculous thing there is." He said, "Too bad we got one this weekend." And they used to they used <laughs> to have the big old double hitters there, the big late model sportsman modified double hitters. That was that weekend. And I fell in love. Uh, Paul Radford won uh, uh, one end of the race, and Jerry Cook won the modified end of the race. And and I was hooked. The next race I saw was at South Boston Speedway, and, and I just fell in love with the people as much as anything. Uh, 
and you know, I, I spent a lot of years there at the newspaper covering races, and and that's that's how I met Russell the first time. I was uh, uh, covering a race at Darlington, and I think he was cleaning the bathroom or something when I first met him. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I spent a lot of time on the road when I was was there covering races, and the whole time built built a good relationship with the folks at Martinsville Speedway because that was our home track. And uh, they, you know, they did a lot for the community. And I had a stretch there, uh, Tim, from the fall of 1977 till I left. And after the spring 2015 race, I had never missed a race of any kind at Martinsville all those years. Uh, I mean, it was uh, right 30 years uh, uh, that I never missed a race. So, uh uh, but again, at the same time, I was traveling out. I, I was making connections. I was uh, uh, doing freelance you know, writing for magazines and things. But you know, in, in 2000, uh, Clay Campbell, the president of the track, called me one afternoon and said, "Hey, you interested in coming out here?" And I said, "When do I start?" And that was it. Uh, and then you know, spent spent the next 20 years uh, as their public relations director. That's awesome, Mike. That is all. And made a lot of made a lot Clay. of friends. Made a lot of friends in the sport, uh, and and that's the one thing I miss about it. And I, and I still do some work on race weekends, right, month of a race here at Bristol, and and get to see a lot of my old friends uh, uh, out here. So I, I still enjoy that. And Mike, talk a little bit about Clay. You know, Clay, he's he's a really good guy. Uh, Clay used to race in the Arca Series. I know I got to interview him here. A few years back, uh, when I was uh, working pit road for Thunder Nine Two Seven here at the racetrack, we were covering the the Arca race. I got I got to interview Clay, and Clay is an older gentleman, and he he actually <laughs> ran pretty <laughs> okay. well in the Arca series, didn't he, brother? Well, he was he was uh, by the time he started doing Arca racing, he was fifty, um, and you know, he finished second at Daytona one year. Uh, and uh, but he started his grandfather, H. Clay Earls, and found at Martin Speedway. Uh, would not ever told him he could never race anything, never. That was you know they were not in that end of racing. And Clay started uh, running go kart races. I mean, big time Daytona and places like that. World Karting Association uh, uh, won some big races, set some track records, and then he he, he started sneaking off and doing uh, late model tests. And uh, his grandfather finally caught him. wasn't real happy about it, but uh, Clay ran a lot of late model races through uh, uh, Virginia and, and the Carolinas. Uh, never, yeah, never got to run his big race at Martin Speedway because, yeah, obviously he's working that weekend. Uh, he actually won a um, limited late model championship at a Caraway Speedway. Uh, around, I think, in 1999, ran 30 races that season down there. Uh, and and incidentally, on race weekends at Martinsville, you got Rick Hendrick to take him down on the helicopter, so he could still race those weekends. And then he moved on. He ran the full K and N E series one year. Uh, he looked like a school teacher on the when, when all the uh, you know they stood all those young kids up, and there was Clay on the end. He looked like their school teacher. And uh, then he moved on over to Arca stuff. In several years, that was all. You know, he ran. You know, the three or four ARCA races a year on the big tracks. But he's also a pilot. He's He's uh, been a pilot ever since I've known him. Uh, uh, I don't know if he still has his jet or not, had his own jet. Yeah, he's uh, sort of a renaissance man. He 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 won Dancing with the Stars in Martinsville and Henry County one year. Uh, so he does it all. That's right, Mike. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. I want I wanted to get you to throw out there because that was your former ball thing. And going back to South Boston Speedway, you know, like I said, that you retired, but you're not really retired. Talk a little bit about what you do for Martin uh, uh, South Boston Speedway. That's a that's a big iconic track there, especially with the uh, with the Burtons, with Ward and uh, Jeb and some of the younger guys coming up. South Boston Speedway is an iconic racetrack, isn't it, brother? It it is, you know, we've had, you know, the Burtons, both Burtons came through there, the Saddlers came through there, uh, uh, you know, and, you know, years ago, back in the 50s, they ran cup races there, 
uh, you know, I, I do their marketing and marketing and some of their advertising. So I'm, it, it's it's a four hour trip for me to go over there, so I'm not over there all that often. But it it is truly one of the exceptional short tracks in in America, and and now it's owned by uh, the Gdowskis, uh, uh well, the Mattioli family that own Pocono, uh, and and that has certainly put them in a good place. Uh, with today's economics, you know, they can afford to do more than most weekly tracks do. Um, yeah, we got, we're supposed to race, uh, this weekend, supposed to have the, uh, NASCAR wheel and modified tour there. Um, um, unfortunately with everything that's going on, that, that got pushed back. I, we're going to, we're going to run it. We just don't know when we're going to run it yet, but it's, uh, one of the second or third races I ever saw was there and it had people and, 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 you know, people like Ray Hendrick and and Jimmy Hensley and and Jack Ingram and those folks in it. So it, you know, it's always been a been a great weekly track. And Mike, you also mentioned NASCAR going to South Boston Speedway. There, there's a lot of talk about some of the fans wanting NASCAR to go to some other short tracks. And uh, my good friend Stephen Wilson, I know you know him. He's not able yeah, to come yeah. on tonight, but he's uh, he. Uh, he runs Save the Speedway there for North Wilkesboro, and he talks a lot about and to mention some of the stuff there. Dale Jr. went up there and cleaned up Wilkesboro for I racing to image yep. that track to put it on the put it on the e I, I racing stuff there, and also Nashville is wanting to get a, another race there. And the fans are talking about short tracks. You bring up Nashville, you bring up North Wilkesboro, you bring up Rockingham. Do you think NASCAR needs to venture out and and see what these fans are saying? I know it's all about the American dollar, and it's all about the people that are in that area, but do you think that NASCAR needs to maybe venture, maybe go back to a Wilkesboro? Well, that well would be here, here's, here's the deal. It's, it, you know, uh, um, people have tried to go back to Wilkesboro. Uh, fans, uh, you know, say they want it, say they want it, and you know, you go in and you have a big late model show, and it draws two thousand people. You go to Rockingham, people, fans say we'll be there, we'll be there. You spend a ton of money, get a truck series race in. The second time they're there, they don't have enough people to start a fight. So it's, you know, it's a tough situation. <laughs> you can't, you know, it's it's uh, you you you've got to have fan support, and and it's one thing to su- support it from your keyboard. But it's something else to go out and support it. I think Nashville is. is I think Nashville will go just because of where it sits. Um, uh, SMI, which is you know Bruton Marcus's uh, organization, you know they're trying to lead that comeback there. The folks here at Bristol are the ones that are actually leading that forum, and and they have made a commitment to uh, uh, to get that track running. Um, uh, with everything that's going on now, you probably it's probably going to push you back a year or so before it happens. And you know, we also hear about people talking about you know taking Xfinity or or, or trucks back to South Boston or back to Greenville Pickens. Uh, but you know, the expense of doing it, you know, the purses are so you know we. You know, we'd have to charge at South Boston fifty dollars a ticket to to break even, maybe on, on with a truck series race. Well, people aren't going to spend fifty dollars uh, in that part of the country to see a truck series race. You know, then we got to worry about safer barriers and lights, and so it just the economic model is 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 not there. I, I think for the truck series, what, what you probably need is a total reboot. You need to go back to a spec engine and no pit stops and, and bring the cost down absolutely as low as you can to make it more affordable for some of those tracks. Some of the some of the best uh, truck series races I ever saw were in places like places like South Boston. Uh, so we just got to see. But now we got to keep our fans interested in racing until we can go back racing again. That's what we got to do, man. Exactly, brother. And I want to ask you one more question about, uh, you know, NASCAR acquired the Arca Bernard series, and uh, they've made the made it the Arca the uh, Arca Bernard series, these Arca Bernard series West. Uh, do you think maybe that could be a possible deal there for your home track there at uh, South Boston to maybe see some we, of this Arca stuff since NASCAR has acquisitioned that? Well, you know, we. Uh, uh, the last three seasons, we hosted a K&N East Series races at uh, at South Boston and did okay with them. 
the ARCA series, it, it, it may would be a step up. I'm, I'm not sure. That, and, and, again, um, the deal with, with weekly tracks are people come to see their own stars, okay? The guys, you know, for you know for us, it's guys like Peyton Sellers and Philip Morris, where you bring in these young kids that are racing in, in the Menard series or what was it, Canon East series, nobody knows them. You know what? What do you? How do you promote them? It is really difficult. We were fortunate the first year we had a uh, 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 Jeff Burton son race in Harrison, and you know they they're from there, and he actually won the race, and that was that was easy. After that though, it was tougher. So it's you know people, um, you know Tim, we're not a car country anymore. People don't build their lives around cars. People are more star driven and, and, and that's and you gotta really work hard and create stars out of these young people to uh uh to get the interest going. I hope that makes sense. Yes, sir. It exactly does. I mean, you know, like you mentioned, the I think what I gathered from what you just said is the car people is like your old muscle car people, right? Mark. Right. You know, when 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 I was in high school, you drive through the parking lot and you see Firebirds and Mustangs and and uh, uh Chevelles. Uh now you drive through a parking lot and you see Mazdas and 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 Hyundais and things like that. Nobody even knows how to open the hood, much less change your oil or plugs. So yeah, it's it's not <laughs> they're, they're not you know, it, it, that that's the honest truth though. You know, it's it's not a car culture anymore. And that's where i racing can help. I'm not a huge fan but I, I think it can. I think one, it can can keep our fans interested until we go racing at real racing again, and two, it may it may pique some interest in some of these kids that want to go out and see the real thing. That's right. And Mike, before I let you jump out of here, I want to ask a question. You know, I had texted sure, you man. from Homestead Miami Speedway. I had texted <laughs> you from Home, Homestead Miami Speedway last year, and I know you know where I'm going with this. I was sitting beside up. Uh, uh, Suzanne was there, and we were in the press box there. I was just sitting right down in front of uh, uh, Chris Knight there, catchfish.com. And uh, Stephen said, uh, he said, text Mike and see what he'd say about this about these people hollering in the media center. And I said, all right, hold on just a minute. I'll go ahead and text him. Stephen said, he ain't going to answer you back. I said, yeah, he will. Me back's tight. Well, I text you, and uh, I think you told me I ain't gonna say exactly what you told me, yeah. but you told me the you told me the same deal in the uh, press box up there at Martinsville Speedway five or six years ago. But uh, yeah, uh, great. <laughs> and, and Chris and I great. will tell you that that I'm 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 a guy that'll keep him quiet in the press box. <laughs> exactly. I showed I showed Chris the text. He said that's funny as hell too. But anyway, Mike, I'm gonna let you go. I know. All right, man. Uh, We're gonna go get an ice cream cone. Ice cream cone. Well, I think you might go get a shot of a. Uh, what was that? You was trying to get uh, Jeff Hood to bring you that night. Maker's I'm Mark. I'm not sure. What the... Maker's Mark. Yeah, Maker's Mark. Yeah, I'm big Maker's Mark man. Uh, if it's brown, I'll drink it. <laughs> That's right, brother. Well, hey, Mike. Uh, Again, let everybody know where they can follow you on social media and uh, you and your wife's business there, and then we'll let you jump out of here, brother. Uh, you can find me um, on just look for uh, uh, MK Smith 1952 or Mike Smith 1952 on uh, Facebook or Instagram and racelodging.com for, uh, for all your lodging and travel needs at Bristol Motor Speedway. And Mike, just to let you know, I am following you. On, I've been following you on Twitter for three years. You didn't follow me back. I go. I don't do much on Twitter. People make me too mad on there. They're too political. Uh, but I'll go <laughs> give you a follow just to make you happy. All right, thanks, Mike. And you and take Mike, care of, uh, thanks thanks care of that good woman you got. Yes, sir. I will. And uh, uh, go ahead and call my brother uh, Russell there. Uh, I'm going to oh, take him he's, and he's tell him to hear from me. <laughs> Mike, thank we'll you very you, much, man. brother. And whenever all whenever all this coronavirus stuff's over, we'll come to Bristol, brother. That was Mike Smith there. Publication, <laughs> that guy right there. Suzanne, let me bring Suzanne on. 
I think I got her coming on. I hit the button. Suzanne, that Mike Smith, he's another. It's hilarious. Really good guy. Helped us out, and I sort of like playing. I sort of like playing with him and Russell. I'll text Russell and tell Russell that uh, Mike was dogging his ass out tonight. But anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, we're going to go back and We're going to play a little bit of that Denny Hamlin uh, deal there where he won the iRacing, the E-NASCAR iRacing event at Homestead, Miami Speedway. We're going to pick that back up, and then we will log out of here. But, again, uh, I'm going to play this, and we're still here. Okay, thank daughter. you, and thank you all for joining us for the inaugural eNASCAR iRacing Pro Series Invitational Series race. We are joined now by Denny Hamlin, driver of the number 11 FedEx Toyota and winner of the Dixie Vodka 150 at the virtual Homestead Miami Speedway. Denny, did you have a lot of fun out there today? It was. It was. <laughs> it's always fun when you win, but regardless, I mean, it just uh it, it was a great event i mean for for the community the racing community the nascar drivers to come together and put 20 some drivers on the racetrack with such short notice you know everyone's buying up uh simulation rigs this week and last week getting ready for the event and uh for it all to come together and have a great finish it uh i think it was definitely a success well thank you and we appreciate your time today and we'll now open it up to questions from the media Thank you, Amanda, and thank you, Denny. Congratulations once again. To our phone audience, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star and one on your telephone keypad. A friendly reminder that if you're joining us today on a speakerphone, please return to your handset prior to pressing star and one to be sure that your signal does reach our equipment. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, that is star and one if you would like to ask a question. We'll hear first from Jenna Fryer at the Associated Press. Hey, Denny, congratulations on your big win. Um, my you. first question is... How much does your how much did you spend on your simulator? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, um, it was uh, I don't know probably forty, probably in the forty range. Uh, but it has motion and everything in it, uh, which I, I don't use that often. But um, but it's you know it's definitely on the high end for sure. And you raced barefoot today, is that correct? Say again. Did you race barefoot today? Yeah. Yeah, I, I like feeling the pedals. You know, with shoes, I just, I can't, I can't do it. I, I always go barefoot. Okay. And my last question is, you know, um, there's nothing to do. There's no sports. Um, this whole week on social media, you guys have done a good job of getting fans interested in this event and giving fans something to do today and a little bit of excitement. And I'm wondering just um, how much of that came into play for you and the other drivers in agreeing to do this and put this event on? Yeah, you know, the thing is that nobody got together and said, hey, let's all do this. I think everyone just started doing it. And then, you know, our racing got involved and, um, and you know, emailed everyone and said, hey, this is what we're thinking about. NASCAR got involved. Uh, television got involved and said they'd be interested. So I think it all just came together. But but no one really talked to the drivers about unifying and, and participating. It was all free will, and that's what's exciting is to have, you know, you know, 25-plus full-time cup guys out there uh, willing to spend their time uh, doing this. Great. Thank you, Denny. Thanks, Jenna. Next, we'll go to Sirius XM Radio in the line of Claire Lang. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Thank you. Denny, first, can you talk about, you know, NASCAR often doesn't get among sports sort of the kudos of people who know from the inside what it takes to do things, pull things off, uh, you know, windstorms, rainstorms. What does this say about NASCAR? I think it was the second trending Twitter uh, hit today was this. And what does that mean, do you think? What do you think this means in all of it, uh, that NASCAR was able to pull something like this off? Um, I mean, it was it, it was big, and I think at, at one time it was number one trending. So it's uh, that, that's really really big, and um, you know this is what. Although NASCAR has its struggles at times for the regular fan to go out and and simulate a game winning shot or game winning pass, like iRacing has given them 
that platform. And, and there's no other sport. Like NBA players can't go play NBA 2K and put it on TV and make it look like the real thing. You can't go play Madden and it make it look like the real thing. It There's so much animation. But, but iRacing's platform, like we, we really – this is something that really can gain a lot of traction simply because it's as real as it gets. So, um, you know, this was just the first step and hopefully something that, that builds, uh, you know, through, for, for years and years to come. I hope it trended uh, number one because that was really huge and a lot of people were paying attention to it. And a lot of, of drivers are talking about this continuing and whether they will continue and buying simulation rigs and whatnot. Some of the drivers were really experienced in this. Some were not. And uh, how much time will it take, you think, for professional drivers to catch up if they continue to be involved in this? And, you know, do the rigs make that much of a difference? Like, you and I think Chase Elliott has incredible setups. We saw Jimmy Johnson's. How much of a difference does that make? It doesn't make that big of a difference. I mean, I was, you know, I had literally just a desktop computer uh, in, in NASCAR 2003, which was the version before iRacing. Um, and just a Logitech wheel, similar to what Time and Jessica had. And it's, you know, the equipment means really, really small. It is like nothing because, you know, the fast drivers are the fast drivers. I know my driver, Keegan Leahy, uh, in, in the uh, iRacing, Coke iRacing series, has, you know, he's got a seat that he found out of a junkyard. Um, his wheel is nothing special and his computer's nothing special. So, there right now. So, a lot of it comes with experience. Um, I'm really excited to see how well the drivers that don't do this regularly do uh, did today. Um, you know, what I thought my struggle was going to be was that I hadn't done this in three years up until a week and a half ago when I got back on it. So um, it's just uh, I'm excited that, you know, we kind of got the sport re-energized and get people talking about racing again, and that's all pretty pretty important. And last thing, FedEx. Um I assume they will be delighted with the TV time and and you winning this race, even though it was virtual. And that's my last question. Yeah, yeah, it's great that uh, you know we're able to give some value back to the sponsors. That's uh, not on the real racetrack right now, but certainly, you know, when you put yourself in front of a FS1 audience, you're 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 going to get some uh, publicity. So that's always good. And, and this was just more of a thank you for them. You know, they didn't pay us or anything. They're busy right now uh, delivering a lot of medical supplies to people that need it. So uh, with with the donation that I made and Kevin Harvick back and Fox back, uh, we, we made a good chunk of uh, contribution today. Thank you for your question, Claire. We'll move next to the athletic in the line of Jeff Gluck. Hey, Denny. Um, you know, obviously this is a success or it seemed like a success. So how, what, what do you think the driver's level of interest is overall in, in making this you know, a continuing thing. I mean, obviously it's, it's fine for a few weeks, but like if, if somebody's like, all right, let's keep doing this for who knows how long. I mean, do you think that your peers would be on board with doing it indefinitely, I guess? You know, I, I'm not sure. I mean, you know, I don't think anyone has any plans right now, obviously, uh, you know, with, with, you know, the, the state uh, of the country right now. So, you know, I, I think in the immediate future, it, it can be done. I mean, a month down the road, I, you know, who knows? Uh, but certainly, you know, I think it would be a great thing to to, to keep it going and uh, and get people, you know, excited for the real season when it kicks back off uh, in early May. So, I, you know, I don't think you're going to get everyone every week. That's going to be a challenge. But you're also going to have new guys come in. Um there's certainly a, probably a lot of cup guys saw this and was like, yeah, I, I need to get back in this. And, you know, Jimmy Johnson, I'm sure is going to put more time in Joey Logano, those guys. So it, it's, it's, if you put the time in, you can get, you know, some of the benefits of, of running up front and, and you start to really like it. Thank you. Thank you for your question, Jeff. Next we'll hear from the line of Bob Pockris at Fox sports. Please go ahead, Bob, your line is open. Thank you. Uh, Denny, how, what will you need to see to consider this uh, like a success? I mean, it's just being trending on Twitter and it being appearing to be a pretty decent uh, race despite all the cautions or like what, what do you want to see maybe the next day as far as either reaction or ratings or what? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a success no matter what. I mean, people are talking about it. Um, if we if we got five new fans that were just sitting at home watching TV today that thought it was exciting and is willing to tune in next week or willing to tune into a, a NASCAR race um, or go to a NASCAR race because they got introduced to racing today by iRacing, so I, I don't think you have to – there's no number that makes it a success. If you make positive gains in your audience, whether it be one person or 1,000, it, it, it's a good thing. And can, do you have any sense of kind of what the state of the mood of the industry is as a whole? Just, you know, um, I mean, obviously this has seemed to be a big pick-me-up uh, for fans and everything, but, you know, hearing reports of – at least some teams going on furloughs and that and that kind of thing. Do you have any sort of sense of what the mood is in the industry at all, in the whole at a time like this and maybe what this race did for that? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, it definitely energizes the industry. I mean, I, I you know, I follow, and I'm sure you guys follow, lots of people that are crew guys or crew chiefs or drivers and other series. They're all talking about it right now. So, you know... <laughs> This is a this is a good time. It's it's Sunday afternoon. You would normally be watching in and tuning in and watching uh, us at us at Homestead anyway. Uh, and and what what are we doing? We're talking about a race in Homestead. So I think it's uh I think for sure it energizes our 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 industry. And do you have any sense of what the mood is right now in the industry just amid everything going on? I don't, to be honest with you. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, most of the race shops have all been shut down. Um, you know, just kind of waiting on, you know, we, we have a scheduled next event. Uh, hopefully that stays, stays uh, true. And, uh, you know, all the development pretty much is, is shut down. There's not much going on there. So uh, we're just, uh, we're, we're sitting home waiting just like everyone else is. I mean, we're, you know, that's the thing is that, you know, people consider, you know, us immortals or superstars, whatever, like we're, we're still doing the same things. We're hanging out with our families. We're, um, you know, staying in at the house, playing board games, whatever it might be, uh, with our kids. So it's just, uh, it's, we're just in a holding pattern right now. We, we're, everyone's going through it, so you got to make the best of it. Thank you. Next, we'll take a question from the line of Holly Kane with NASCAR. No, excuse me, with NASCAR Wire Service. Holly, your line is open. Please go ahead. Thanks. Congratulations, Denny. I. Uh, wanted to ask you if you could to speak a little bit about today a lot of people got to see uh timmy hill and garrett smithley and some you know real attention put on some of those guys if you could just kind of talk about this even playing field and the opportunity maybe for a couple of guys to to get some attention yeah i mean i certainly think it's good and, and like i say i think that uh you know guys with experience are are, are going to shine especially early on um in this type of racing it i mean you wouldn't believe how long how many hours i spent trying to find four hundredths of a second for qualifying um for the last week you know and and so i I think that you know people that have experience and know all the tricks and know all the things you do to get speed out of the car they're they're going to shine right now for sure um, but, uh, certainly I, I think it's great for those guys who normally you would not see up front. Uh, I thought that for sure they were one of the top five favorites going in, uh, along with William and myself and Dale jr. Was really fast, uh, through the week. So I think that the guys who you expected to be up front, they were up front and, and it's who we had to beat for the win. So, um, it, it's great that those guys. Um, we're, we're able to participate and not only participate, but, but challenge for the win. And, 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 you know, normally on a normal week, they're thinking, well, how can I run 30th? Right. So it's just a different, different beast when everything's uh, all up and out. Thank you. And, and lastly, I just wanted to ask you, were you surprised by anyone today, either on the good side or the bad side on how things went? Um, you know, I actually would say that Bubba Wallace probably surprised me the most. I thought, you know, he struggled through the week in practice, you know, finding speed and whatnot. But I thought he actually raced really well. So um, he's he's a guy that to me that stood out as someone that was relatively new, but did a really good job um, racing. And so I think he got a pretty good finish out of it as well. So 
Uh, he, he, to me, was the most impressive newcomer so far. Thanks, Danny. Mm-hmm. Next, we'll move directly to Dustin Long with NBC Sports. Thank you. Uh, Danny, a couple questions. Uh, since you were competing, obviously you're focused and busy on other things. When you go back and look over this, what are you going to be intrigued to see, uh, whether you go back and look at the race or go back and look at social media uh, or anything else uh, from this event? Yeah, I mean, all of it. <laughs> all of it. I mean, first thing I did, you know, I got out of the rig and, and I came up and watched the last six laps um, to kind of see, you know, what was going on. You know, I, I can't see everything when I'm sitting in the car, but certainly uh, I was intrigued to see the last six, lap, six laps and see what it looked like on TV. So uh, I thought it looked great. It, you know, my first reaction, 10 seconds into watching it, it was like, I asked some people around me, do you believe this is not real? Like it, it looks so real. So um, that's, uh, that, that part was really cool. And, you know, I want to go back and look at how, you know, Fox broadcasted it. You know, I'm sure they're going to have a discussion if they do it again, like, you know, what can we improve on? You know, how can we make the races more, more clean? I think that comes with experience. Um, I hosted five short races last night and, and invited all the guys to come race to make sure we knew how to race around each other to keep it as green as we could. But ultimately when you get in a competition, you know, wrecks happen and, you know, the way they currently had it set to where, you know, the cautions would come out automatically, even if it was a small incident. So, I think letting it go green a little bit more would, would, would be good, but certainly I, I think it was overall success. I mean, I watched the end, like I said, just the last six laps, and I thought the call was good, the interviews, and all worked good in the end, um, and, it, and it looked like a normal race to me. Let's go. 